This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Tonight's year may be a little old, and we hope it shouldn't be again now for at least another full year. Uh, hopefully if we learn about it now, we won't have to worry about it the next uh, good couple of months. But uh, the shaila of what happens with snow on Shabbos. Many shilas that come up when dealing with snow on Shabbos, as we all live through, and I feel like some of these room I give are always after the fact. After the lottery's over, we can discuss. You can buy a lottery ticket after. So my svar is like this. You do whatever you're going to do. It's over. Whatever you did, you did. Now we'll see if it was right or wrong. That's my svar. But uh, usually it's because I can't plan these things as well as I would like to. But in any case, there's a lot to talk about with regard to snow. Some of the major shilas that Belineda will hopefully get to tonight is shoveling the snow, salting snow, playing in the snow, throwing snowballs. My daughter asked me over on Shabbos, is she allowed to play in the snow? So I told her, such a great question. We gave her shirnit. She said, yeah, I know. My wife told her to ask me that question. So she, was, uh, she knew I was going to ask her. You know, people say that in Queens, they didn't get any uh, plows down in Queens. I could be made Aedos Gemura. Then not only did we get plowed, I got plowed in twice. So now I got plowed twice. And while I was shoveling, they came down again. You think they'd have Rachmanus to me watching me sitting there with my little shovel and their big plow? No, plowed me right in twice without a problem. Baruch Hashem, when you I used some chachwa this time around, instead of sitting out in two hours just doing nothing, I decided to use my iPhone properly, and I listened to a shift from Rehoshah Shachter on snow. It made, it made shoveling snow so pleasant. I never had such an enjoyable experience shoveling snow before in my life. Listening to a shift for an hour, an hour and a half, kept on going. It was really, really enjoyable. So I will frequently mention some others that he, he mentioned in, some, in his year about snow, but definitely a good eight if you want the time to pass quickly is to do something like that. It takes your mind off of the actual action of uh, shoveling snow. The first question that comes up with shoveling snow is the snow itself muktza. It's snow muktza. This snowstorm that we just had is for sure a problem because when did the snow start? It started on Shabbos. There's two separate shilas. If you have a snowstorm before Shabbos and the snow that's sitting on the ground is that muktza, that's one shiloh. And the other shiloh they have is what about the snow that has nothing to do with before Shabbos? The snow first came on Shabbos is that muktza. Why would that be muktza? Based on a principle called noilat. Things that were not around before Shabbos came and they only came after Shabbos. So your mekatze daite love, you don't have, your mind is not on it. And therefore they're considered muktza. So the question is, is that an issue for snow? Now to be honest, there's nothing to do with snow. It's not going to rain. If it starts to rain for the first time on Friday night, usually it's not such an issue because we don't do much with the rain. But it's really the same shayla. So what is, what is the issue boiled down to? So there's a Gemara in the Erev and Daphne Vavamanal. The Gemara in the Erev is discussing rain. Very important to know. The Gemara is discussing rain. And the Gemara is saying that well, how much uh, room do you have with rain that falls on Yom Tif? How much can you carry the rain? Is that Chumen? What's the rule? So the Gemara says the rain can go as far as the human being can go. The person who, who now is holding the rain in his Rishos, he's holding it in his bucket, he can w- move the rain as much as he could walk. So the Gemara asks the question, why don't we say that when, when Yom Tif came, the mockum of the rain should be in the clouds? That's where the rain was. We all know that rain forms in clouds. So if the rain, before it came down on Shabbat, on Yom Tif at 10 o'clock at night, so where was it before it came? It was in the clouds. So it's mockum shvisa should be in the clouds. So, so why is it that you're allowed to carry it more than that? So the Gemara says, Tif should be nay. So you have a right from this Gemara, it ain't chumen l'malam yud. There's no rules of Tchumen once you're above 10. So that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says no. Maybe no. Maybe even above Yud, you're also bound by the rules of Tchumen. Says the Gemara, a meteorology term, that the rain and the clouds are not there. They're absorbed in the clouds to the extent that they're not even viewed as sitting in the cloud. The half of the Gemara was you have a cloud, and in the cloud sits the rain, and at some point the cloud opens and the rain comes down. 
So the Gemara says, one second, if that's the case, so where was the mokayim of the rain? The rain was sitting in a cloud. She says, Gemara, that's not the pshat. It's mivla bloi. It's absorbed in it. It has no shvisa in the cloud. So when Yom Tif came, this thing had no shvisa because it wasn't really in existence. That's what the Gemara says. Frank the Gemara, that can't be. Kol shekein da'avlu noilat. If that's taka the mitzias of, of rain, so then it's really noilat. If it wasn't around when Yom Tif came, so it was a new creation after Yom Tif, so it should be muktza. Forget about how far you can carry. You can't carry it all. It's muktza. So the Gemara says, you're right. Elamaya ba'avim meinid naidi. The Gemara says, you're right. Not where you look at water in a cloud is that it's there, it exists, but it's meinid naidi. It's moving around. It's constantly moving. So what? Since it's constantly moving, it's never kainah shvisa. It doesn't have a resting point in the cloud. That's the end of the Gemara. So the Shaklavitai of this Gemara in Erevin basically is, is what is the status of rain in a cloud before it comes down? Is it considered sitting in the cloud just waiting to be opened up? Or is it for somehow as if it's not there, it's absorbed in the Maskonas HaGemara, the Gemara comes out and says that the way we look at rain is, it's there, but it's made in Naidi. So which means it's not a problem of Noila. So Maskonas HaGemara and Erevin would tell us that rain is not an issue of Noila because it's already there, it's in the world, it's just waiting, it's just moving around in the cloud. Taisus is over here, very important Taisus. Taisus over here in Erevin, Taisus and Bay is even more clear. Taisus says, I don't understand the Gemara's problem. The Gemara Kasha, if you hold that the way it works with rain, is that rain's in the cloud, but it's non existent. In the Gemara, it's Noilat. Then Taima, what's the problem? What's the problem? We know there's this famous sheet of Reb Shimon throughout Beya. Reb Shimon doesn't hold of Muktza. So if Reb Shimon doesn't hold of Muktza, so he's not going to hold of Noilat either. What's the problem? So why couldn't the Gemara just answer that this Brisa that says that the rain in the clouds are not there is not a Kasha? Because you go like Reb Shimon. Says can't do that. This is real noilat. This is the strongest example of noilat is rain in the clouds. Rain in the clouds is mamish a new existence that was not around before Yishapis, before Yamtiv. So that everyone agrees. Even if you don't hold of the other muktzas, you'll have to accept that to be a problem, and even the will accept it as a problem, and you have no options. What is Taisus telling us? Taisus is telling us that this is the real deal Noilat. Water in a cloud is really Noilat because it wasn't there before Shabbos V'yamtif. It only comes afterwards. Hence, it would be a problem of Noilat according to all opinions. <coughs> Again, that was all in the Havamin of the Gemara. The Maskana Gemara, that rain is not like that. Rain is already in the cloud, it's just moving, so this whole thing is not negate. Rain, of course, is in the world, it's sitting in the cloud. Ah, so why is it not kind of Shvis in the cloud? The answer is because the Gemara says it moves around. With regard to what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. This would only be Nagaya if you want to answer up the price. Right. The reason why this is going to be important is because it's a very, very interesting sheet of the Prima Gadam. <coughs> My Oitzar Chachma didn't have a good copy of the Prima Gadam, so I'm going to photocopy from the Debrutzina Rav. The Debrutzina Rav and Chelik Aleph, Simon Chafa, the Sefer Be'er Moshe, he quotes from this, and everyone quotes from this very interesting Prima Gadam. The Prima Gadam writes in his introduction to Hilchas Yomtev. Prima Gadim writes the following, and he quotes it word for word. He writes like this, number three. Says the Prima Gadim in his introduction to the Chazim, there's three categories of Noilat. Says the Prima Gadim, and there's one, K, one category, that's the real deal Noilat. What's that case, says the Prima Gadim? Rain absorbed in the clouds that are not there before Shabbos is real deal, is real deal Noilat. Why, says the Prima Gadim, Huva B'taisvis, Taisvis said, it's so real deal, that even Reb Shimon, who less like Muktza holds, it's also Noilat. So it's real deal Noilat. 
Vishom the first Kulum, Kimai Bivi, I feel Bishim, or the Dasa Bishabas, because there Taisma says Taisma Bea, Taisma Evin, that even a Bishim that doesn't hold the Muksa, he'll hold the Nailat. Or the Fiza, now that's really the end of the Prima Godam. Now, if the Prima Godam is right, that rain in a cloud is considered Nailad, so then it should come out, that rain that falls for the first time on Friday night should be Muksa. Or for that matter, snow that falls for the first time on Friday night should be Muksa, based on the premise of Nailat. There's only one problem. That was the Havamin of the Gemara. The Gemara says that's not the Lumbus. So everyone asks on this Prima Godim, how could the Prima Godim tell us that Noilat Gomor is a case of rain in a cloud? The Gemara rejects that. The Gemara says rain in a cloud is not Noilat. It's there, it's just moving. So asks the Debretzino, he says, Lafiza, Maya Hayerid Mehavim, Behema Shabbat, Yamtiv. It comes out according to this Prima Godim, that rain that comes down on Shabbat, Yamtiv, Asumish, and Noilat. I'll leave it to Kuliyam according to everyone. And this is the most extreme level of Nailat. gives them a nice praise. He says, I don't understand this Prima Godim. How could the Prima Godim write that? Why? Because it's against the Maskana Sagimara. It's the Prima Godim who's going in the Havim of the Gemara, that's great, but the Prima Godim is a practical halacha safer. Practically, the halacha, we go like the Maskana Sagimara, that it's not Nailat. So, how could the Prima Godim write that rain in the cloud is Nailat? This is the kasha that many, many have with this Prima Godim. Very troubling Prima Godim based on the Maskana Sagimara and Avon. Why is it a gay to us? Because if you paskanite this Prima Godim, it comes out that any rain or snow that falls for the first time after Shabbos is Muktzah. Why is it Muktzah? Because of Nailat. So all that snow that fell Friday night was all Nailat snow. It all came after, no, it didn't, in Baltimore it started before, but for us it all came after Shabbos. So all the snow everywhere you turn is Nailat. It's Muktzah. It's the highest level of Muktzah, nothing you can talk about. The problem is what does the Prima Godim do with the Gimah? So the Debetzin Rav comes to the defense of this Prima Godim. He says, it can't be the Prima Godim. If we knew the Gemara and Ervin, the Debetzin knew the Gemara and Ervin, I'd like to believe the Prima Godim knew the Gemara and Ervin. So how does the Prima Godim read the Gemara? So the Debetzin Rav writes, no, you misunderstood the Prima Godim. The Prima Godim wasn't saying that rain in the clouds is Nailat. He's saying the Havamin of the Gemara, if you can ever find such Metzias, that would be Nailat Gamba. The Prima Godim never said that rain that falls on Shabbos is Nailat Gomer. He says that reality of the Havamin of the Gemara, which is rain that happens to be not yet formed in the cloud, that would be Nailat Gomer. What is that case practically? I don't know. You have to figure it out. But that's not what rain is. Rain is not that. The Prima Godim wasn't telling us that rain is Nailat. He was saying, if you could find a scenario that would be like the Havamin of the Gemara, that would be Nailat. That's how the Debretzino wants to defend this Prima Godim. Because it's a very troubling Prima Godim. It doesn't make sense. So Rabbi Yashiv over here, number four, writes something very interesting. The Sefer Ashwe Ish from Rabbi Yashiv writes this. Be'echad ha-svarim ninsa dirk me'a prima godim. In one of the svarim I saw that they make a dirk from this prima godim. She'ha-shelag ha-yeri b'shabbos have a noilat muktzah. That snow that falls on Shabbos is noilat. Be'emez ha-dirk tos, it's not true. The shelag ain't a noilat, because rain is not noilat. She'ne'enu k'umay kerach el ha-kemayim. It's not like ice. Which is a shayla if you make ice on Shabbos is a noilat. Says Rebbe Liashev, snow is like rain. And since Maskanis Gemara, we say rain is not noilat, so snow is not noilat. So he also rejects, like the Debetziner, he also rejects his prima godim, and he believes this prima godim is not something that we should be referring to halach ice. And the truth is, you have to say that, because it's mefurish in Rishonim, the Me'iri in a couple of places, there's a chuvas ge'oinim, that write explicitly, rain that falls on Shabbos is not moksa based on the Maskana Sagamar and Ervin. So for the Prima Godim to say what he said is impossible. It's connected to Gemara, it's connected to Rishonim. And it's even connected to Halacha. If you look at number 3b, the Beis Yosef writes from the Shabbat Halakit, who quotes from Reb Tzemach Goyen, who writes, Motor Hayyarid B'Shabbos, 
rain that falls on Shabbos will be yomtiv. Even if there were no clouds before, it wasn't even at all in the sky. You can drink that water and you can bathe it. You can wash in that water. Why? That's sick because the Gemara says in Erevin, the Maskanasa Gemara was that rain is in the cloud. It's moving, but it's not, but therefore it's not Kanishvisa. It's not Mukta. So it's a first Rishayim. The Beis brings a Lahalacha. So how could the Pimagadim come and argue and all these Rishayim going in the Gemara? The Pimagadim never meant it. So we have to believe that this Pimagadim is, uh, there's some confusion over here. But Lamais, the Pimagadim was never telling us that rain is Mukta. So therefore rain is not Noilat. And for the same price, snow would not be Noilat because they're really the same thing. That would be the assumption. So we just took care of that problem. So all the snow that fell on Friday night, fresh snow on Shabbos, would not be a problem of Noilat. It's interesting. If you look in the Shulchan Aruch, number 5, the Shulchan Aruch says, Mutolitin kli tachas adelof b'shabbos. You're allowed to take a kli, you're allowed to take a cup, and put it under some form of a drain or a roof that's dro- that water is pooling down off, and put it in there. It says that in the small, it gets filled up, and now you have to dump it out. I remember when I was in yeshiva, we used to have leaks all the time from the ceilings, and we put garbage cans. And then the garbage can got filled up, he dumped it out and did it again. So if it happens on shops, so you're allowed to do that. That's rainwater. Why are you allowed to do it, says the Mishnah Bureau? Number in Sifkat and Lamid. Because rain that falls on Shabbos is not Muktza, and it's also not Neilat. Why? The Yachal is because you can drink it. Or you can, you can wash your hands with it, do something with it. And let's say you don't want to drink it, good, don't give it to your animal. But it's useful. This Mr. Brew is very integral. This Mr. Brew is coming to bypass two problems that rain and snow can have. One problem is Nailat. That's one issue. Another problem is Muktza Machmas Gufay. Things that are useless are also Muktza. It's something that serves no purpose, or maybe needs to be defined a little better, and has no shame, Kli, is also called Muktza Machmas Gufay. Classic example is a stone. Rock, stones, they're not, they're muktzah because there's no use. So why don't you say the same thing with rainwater? What are you going to do with rainwater? What? That's right, well, to talk about the Satmar, uh, how do some of them, uh, there's a whole story about this. It's a whole nicer with the Satmar Rebbe said a whole stuck They want to make a ride that you're allowed to do tashlich. They bring a ride that you're allowed to do tashlich, um, during the week. Because they say a story with Ibrahim Vital's son, where he went to do tashlich and he saw an animal and he threw a rock at, uh, at the animal. So you see, he couldn't have done Tashlach on Yomtev, because if you do Tashlach on Yomtev, he wouldn't be allowed to throw the rock. So Elamai, you're allowed to do Tashlach during the week. So the Sabbath Rebbe Tain, but it's not a raya. He was Mimana, he, he before Yomtev came, he had asked to use this stone for something. And the since he had asked to use the stone, the stone, he was, he put it into his mind. So everyone jokes, if you know, if the Sabbath want to throw rocks at people before Shabbos, they have to appoint the rock and say, okay, this is going to be my rock that I'm throwing at Machal Shabbos people before Shabbos comes, and then the rock is no longer mukta. It's really truly Negea if you maybe want to, let's say, use rocks for your sukkah. Let's say before sukkah, you have a big rock, you want to put it on to hold something down. You want to, so this way, the shlak doesn't fly away, you want to use something like that. So in that case, you'd have to be, you'd have to have das on the rock beforehand. By doing so, then you'd be able to use the rock on Shabbos. But in any case, it's clear from the Mishnah that he justifies rain as having a purpose. What's the purpose? Either drink it, wash with it, or give it to your animals. Now today, I don't think most of us feel that there's much benefit out of the rain, but for nonetheless, the price came right, but there was, and therefore rain is considered no longer muktza, and we don't have to worry about rain. Rain is not a problem of muktza. However, although we're saying that rain seems to be not muktza, 
and we're assuming that rain and snow would be in the same category, which there's no reason to think otherwise, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a very, very famous tshuva. If you look at number three, see it's a little lower down on the page. When I put the Marmachimus together after 1 o'clock a.m., I forget to put things in the right place. So if you look a little lower down on the paper, 3C, Rav Moshe Feinstein and the tshuva in Chelek Hay, someone asked Rav Moshe the following question. Im shelag is one allowed to move snow? In other times, Rav Moshe Paskin, that snow is muktza. So the person asking Rav Moshe wanted to know snow muktza. Rav Moshe answered the following: Chuva having muktza, the having noilad. So Rav Moshe finds the snow is noilad. So if the snow falls on Friday night, it's muktza as noilad. What do you mean? Snow is noilad. What happened to the Gemara Nevin? Says Rav Moshe, the Geshem. I mean, by rain we say is like that. Ain't a lister. The ain't a Geshem. So Rav Moshe Metzias, rain is not like snow. And Achanami rain, of course, is not noilat, because rain is ready in the clouds. But snow is not like that. Snow is not negated to the Gemara and Erevin. The Gemara and Erevin is only rain. Snow is different rules. Snow is like the is noilat. So he writes in parentheses, Yitochin shekavanosah sheshalak shebaavim vaday shekamandalesadomi. For some reason, you're going to have to say that snow is not like rain. Rain, we assume that the rain is ready in the clouds, and they're just moving around. Snow is not there at all. And this is something that can be mavai. You have to ask a good meteorologist. They'll tell you, you Google where a snow formed. You can figure it out. So, but Ramosha holds a big chiddush. Ramosha holds, again, and most people disagree with this Ramosha, but Ramosha holds that snow that falls first on Shabbos is a problem of Nailat. So according to Ramosha, all the snow that fell Friday night, not, not even a shayla on it. It's muktza, not because you can't eat it or drink it. It's muktza because of Nailat. Almost all other Akhrayim disagree with Ramosha's understanding that snow is a problem of Noila. They hold that rain and snow the same category based on the Gemara Haven, and therefore it's not a problem. That was the opinion of Belyashev, that was the opinion of the Debitsina Rav, and that was the opinion of most of the Gedali Apoiskim that snow is not a problem of Noila. Now, Ramosha Feinstein brings up another problem with snow. If you look over here in number six, a sefer called Tatule Shab is written by Pidchas Badner on Hilchas Mukti. He writes like this The Shemati Nagarin Ramosha Feinstein Shlita. I saw, I heard from Evmoshe, the kivan de'in haderech lishtamish im sheleg, since today people don't really use snow for anything, the gam e'in ha-sheleg nechshav machl behema, no one really feeds it to their animals, havalei muktza, now it's muktza. So Evmoshe snows muktza, not because of noilat. Let's say the snow would have fell first on Friday, it would still be muktza, because muktza mach was gufa, what are you going to do with it? It's very clear, the Mishnah Brewer was trying to explain why does rain have use. So Evmoshe snow has no use. Of course, if it fell on Shabbos, it's Neilah. Even if the snow fell before Shabbos, it's still Muktza. So if Moshe, again, the way he quotes of Moshe, it sounds like the reason why snow is Muktza, putting aside Neilah, is because it's useless. What are you going to do with snow? What do you do with snow? The sister gets in the way. Right? The city spends millions of dollars getting rid of it. What do you do with snow? It's useless. Then he writes over here, what does he want with Mesechus Nidia Zayin Amaralf? So if you look at the Gemara over there, photocopy to number seven. The Gemara writes like this: Tanan Hasam, Sheleg Einoi Loi Oichel V'Loi Mashke. Snow is a funny reality. Legabe Tuma, it doesn't have a status of food and it doesn't have a status of drink. It's not one of the four categories with regard to to have a shame Tuma. So what? So if Shachter explains that the problem over here is that in Olhelchus Muktza, the way things work is that if you don't have a shame Kli with regard to being Makabal Toma and other things, then you're Muktza Machmas Gufa. You, you don't count. 
You don't have a kli, therefore you're not in the parish of Muktzah. So that was what Moshe was addressing over here. Moshe was saying is that since the Gemara says that snow is not in the family of Tumah, it's not Eichel, it's not, it's nothing, it's no man's land, it doesn't have a shame kli. If it doesn't have a shame kli, so then you can't, it's Muktzah and Shabbos because of Muktzah Machmas Gufay. Meaning Moshe wasn't addressing the way he writes it over here that it's useless on its own. It's useless because that's the way it was created, that's the dinim that it has, it's like a stone. So therefore, if Moshe tainit, that, that snow, because the Gemara says the need does not subject it to the rules of Tom of Atara, it lacks the shame cleave, it lacks the shame cleave, then it can't be considered in the parasha of things that you're allowed to move. So how do we get around this? The Chayra of Moshe is making a very fair argument. The Gemara says very clearly in that that's the reality of snow. So how do you get around it? So Shechta wanted to say the way you get around it is like this. If you look at number eight, there's a machoik is about playing ball on Shabbos. The Mechaber writes, also l'sachik b'shabbos v'yomtif b'kadur. Prohibits to play with a ball on Shabbos. Why can't you play with a ball on Shabbos? There's a deen how to learn this mechaber, but one of the ways of learning it is because a ball doesn't have a shame clean. It's, it's, it's like etzim. It's like it's like a rock. It's a fancy rock and it's an expensive rock, but it's it's a rock. It's nothing. It doesn't have a shame clean. So if it doesn't have a shame clean, it's not in the parasha of kalim that you're allowed to be metal on Shabbos. So therefore, that's why the mechaber holds you not allowed to play with a ball on Shabbos. Comes along the Ramon and says, Hagah, v'yesh materim. We are makele to play with balls. Why? The reason why we're makele is because we made it into a kli. You're right, if someone would lay on the ball, the ball wouldn't become tame because it doesn't have shame kli. But since people sell them in stores and people use them and they're played with, that makes it into a kli. So if Shechter wanted to say that since we pass like this Ramah, the balls are not moktzah because we make it into Hishtamshas, same thing with snow. Is that since Einachanami snow, halachically speaking, is not Mechabal Tomer, doesn't have a shame kli, but since people use it, they make snowballs, they throw it, they kick it, they make it, they use it, the fact that we use it, <coughs> changes its status, and now it is being able to be in the parasha of moktzah. And therefore, it would be in the parish of Kalim. If it's a Kli, it's no longer bound by the rules of Muktzah Machmas Gufa, and it's no longer Muktzah. That's what he wants to say, how all those people that argue with Moshe get around this problem of why isn't Rav Moshe right, based on the Gemara Nida, that, that snow should be Muktzah Machmas Gufa. Right, Noilad is the Noilad, but how to get around Muktzah Machmas Gufa. Mm-hmm. Now, the truth is, a lot of Achrayinim tain on Rav Moshe, that they don't understand what Rav Moshe is talking about. Why, why is snow useless? You do a lot of good things with snow. If you look at the Nishma Shabbos, Asat Medayin, he writes, he calls from the Eishel Avram. The Eishel Avram writes, the shell again the Muktzah, number nine. You can give it to the birds. If you don't have any water, so you give the birds the snow. They used to give the pigeons specifically snow. Then he says, you have other usages. You can make snow out of a mikvah. A lot of the, the Magidi Yeshuim would talk about halachas of snow, they talk about this. Shechter talks about, about this a lot also in his share, about can you make a mikvah out of snow? You can't have water, you can't set up a proper system with mikvah, so you take a lot of snow. So he says over a story that in France, around the times of the World War II, they had a mikvah, and they tried using snow, and they said you don't even realize how much snow you need to have to get memsa after it's all over. You take all the snow, you think, oh, you took so much snow. It's still not going to be memsa. You need a lot, a lot of snow in order to, uh, to do it. A broyer's son, a broyer had a son, uh, Mark Breuer, who was in France during the, during the war in 1945 time. So he tried to come up with ways to make a mikvah. He called his, he spoke to his father, how to make a mikvah properly, and he tried using snow, and he realized that no matter how much snow you're gonna bring, it's gonna be very hard to get mem. So, the mice is a whole deal in the place, can you talk use a mikvah made out of snow? Mr. Bura Paskin's definitely, you're dying for bread, you could use. You can dunk your head in, maybe in the snow. 
because they are dying for bread, it's only the rabbanon so for the rabbanon will make. So says the nishma Shabbos have a lot of uses for snow. Then he says, what do you mean? It's good for kids, kids, adults, whatever. People throw snowballs on, throw snowballs at each other, so the snow has a use. Assuming you're allowed to make a snowball on Shabbos, which is also a debate amongst the paiskim. Well, if you're allowed to throw a snowball, if you're allowed to make a snowball on Shabbos, yeah. As a shail also, big shail also. So they want to tie it. Depends if you hold tefilas kelim as the rice, you have to be machmir. If you hold tefilas kelim as the rabbanon, let's for example glass. The assumption is glass is the rabbon according to everyone. The Gemara says glass is the rabbon. So there are those people who want to say that maybe you can do glass in snow because it's the rabbon and you can be more makeable, but things that are the rice are like metal, you wouldn't be able to do in snow. It's a whole discussion. But Big if discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you took something. Possibly. Big, can you consider the whole it's area? a whole discussion. How do you calculate it? It's, it's complicated. How exactly would you calculate the force, the memsa, with regard to snow? Do you have to wait for it to melt? Not to melt. The shuvin carrying it. Oh, oh, he discussed this a lot. Rav all these things of funny shells about mikvah, about with, with the snow. But tying it to nishma shabbos, I don't understand. It has a use. Then he quotes the Chavaz Yor. The Chavaz Yor, again, a lot of these sources are older. Moshe was after these sources, right? The Eishel Ram says you give your birds uh, snow, but we don't give our birds snow. Moshe lived in our time, man. We don't give our birds snow. The Chavaz Yor, the Chavaz Yor lived 300 years ago. He writes, Yeah, maybe back then, 300 years ago, they used snow. Today we don't use snow. So he concludes that he thinks it's hard to believe this with Moshe, and he disagrees with Moshe. He thinks it's Vishonah Machmas Gufa. And he ends off, he says, Lamaisa, why does Moshe say what he says? So he says like this, Ulai, it depends. Shema Shashog Mipumei Da'alma, why does everyone say over the Shalag Humoktza? Hanu Shalag Shiyarad Mikvar Vinidras, Vinislachlech Ba'ifin Shasi, Ain Royal Amidi. Says the Nishma Shabbos, and Rebbe Yashim says the same Svar. It depends when the snow fell. That fresh, clear white snow, no, that snow you'll pick up and you'll throw and you'll dance and you'll do something with it. The dirty black snow that's now on the streets, no one's going to touch it. So Rebbe Yashiv held like this also. Rebbe Yashiv held that snow might be Muktzamach Masgufa. It depends where the snow is holding. If you get the snow in the early stages where it's nice and clean and fresh, not a problem. It's not Muktzam. But if you get the snow a couple days into it after the cars already rode over it, then it's Muktzamach Masgufa. It's disgusting. You're not going to use it. You're not going to touch it. I rather heard a report a few days ago that it's extremely dangerous to drink, uh, to eat snow, even clear snow. Let me buy you if there's something in the snow, then you mean that an animal went to the bathroom there, but even clear snow, doctors have said that it's dangerous because of the different chem- uh, the things that come out of the car, out of the, the, uh, the, from, the, from the car, from the exhaust. It, it seeps into the snow, and even fresh, clean snow, nothing on it, is also dangerous. Now, if that's the case, now we're going to be in trouble. So then it's not right for anything. You can still tell me it's right to throw snowballs at people. Okay, that might be a shtamsha still. But uh, nonetheless, the consensus of most Akhrenim is not like this with Moshe. On both regards, we hold snow is not muktzah. I'll snow that, and we also hold it's not muktzah. Just in on a practical terms of kind of Moshe, yeah. walking on snow. Ah, oh, so alster walking, we'll see that you're going to be allowed to do. But the question is, if we're going to talk about shoveling, <laughs> how can you shovel snow? It's muktzah. You're moving around muktzah. Now it doesn't even get the. You know, well, not if you you're moving it. That's not an issue. So there are those who want to tie it to total idea at sad. I'm not touching the snow. The shovel's touching the snow. So I tell you, that's sad. The whole stick will No, so the walking is going to be, because we're going to see later on, it's, if it's EF Sheh Ben there's nothing else you can do. So it's not going to be a problem. But the question, if you want to start talking about shoveling, where you're constantly picking it up, that should be a problem according to the motion. There's a truva from Epsvi Pesach Frank in Har Tzvi. He tells us an interesting story. He says, B'Shabbos Kodesh Rish Kodesh Ador. Okay, if you think we're out of the loop yet with snow, we still got a few months to go. The story goes, Rish Kodesh Ador, Tov Shin Yud Zayin. 1957, Yarat Shelagodl. Eretz Yisrael got big snow in 1957. They were supposed to get big snow this week. They got lucky. 
And it all came this way instead. We, we got it. But the Hatzvi writes, it was a big snowstorm in 1957, and they asked him, is it Moktza? And he answers, says, fell on Erev Shabbos. So he says, no problem. He says, ah, what do you mean? Why is it not Moktza Machmas Kuf? He says, I'll bring you right The Allah is, the Gemara says, Miratzkin is a shell of the Techamayim. The Chabin Shochanach Paskins, that you're allowed to take a piece of ice and put it into a drink. What do you mean? I, I, I thought, I thought uh, snow, ice, I thought they're Moktza. It's not Moktza. There's nothing Moktza about it. You can use it. You can take snow, put it into a drink, or cool down your drink. So therefore, says the Pesach Frank, like everyone else seems to be saying, that snow is not Moktza. That was the opinion of Rabbi Yashiv, Psi Pesach Frank. If you look at number 10, that's the opinion of the Debit Sinarov. Nishalte, I was asked, in May Gishomim, Oishalik Hayeri, the Mhem Moktza Meshabbis, Hashafte, I answered, the Enam Moktza. They are completely not Moktza. If you look at number 12, the Shemir Shabbos, Kachosu Ebenuwith writes, also last is Kudu Ishalik, above Ishalik, he holds you not allowed to make snowballs. Okay, the Shemir Shabbos holds you not allowed to make snowballs. Keep that in mind. Aval Hashalik, that's my Enam Moktza. Snow itself is not Moktza. Ganim Yerib Shabbos, even if it fell on Shabbos. What's the even? Don't tell me it's Noila, it's not a problem of Noila. Then he quotes something fascinating to me. He quotes from Shlomo Zaman Orbach, who writes the following. Says Shlomo Zaman, snow is made right before it falls on the ground. It's not made earlier. I don't know where he got this from, but Shlomo Zaman says it. So Tainab Shlomo Zaman, if that's the Lamdus, so it for sure should be a problem of Noila. It first forms when it's a, a couple inches from the ground. And still he held us not Neilat. Why? What? I, I don't understand it, but that's what Shem Zalman says. He says it's not Neilat, even though he believes that snow doesn't form in the clouds. He thinks snow forms much later. So maybe this is what Ramayish held. Ataka snow doesn't form like rain, snow forms later, and therefore it is Neilat. But the, 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 the overwhelming majority of the Achreinim is both folds. They hold it's not Muktzamach Maskufai. They also hold it's not a problem of Neilat. I found even a bigger Chaddish. I found the Sefer that quotes that Ramayish held that snow is not Muktzah. I thought over here, if you look at number 13, he writes, Geshem ene mukta. Okay, rain is not mukta, no big chedesh, it's a gemara in Irvin. Vuhadin shalak, same thing, snow. He quotes, where does he get this from? Mishta Bura. Vichay pasak again of Moshe Feinstein. Shagashem vishalak enam noilad. Of Moshe Feinstein, paskin that snow and rain is not noilad. Not the Moshe Feinstein we have. The Moshe Feinstein we have, he says it is noilad. So I don't know who got what and who was wrong and who was right, but the way we have Rav Moshe and the truth of Rav Moshe held that snow would be a problem of noilad. So according to Rav Moshe, so snow is muktza, so it's going to be very hard to justify shoveling it. So muktza, you can't move it. But let's say you assume not like Rav Moshe. You assume like everyone else, all the other G'dayli Echerim of our generation, that snow is not muktza. And therefore, so can I shovel the snow? Why, why shouldn't I be allowed to shovel snow? What intrinsic history is there with shoveling snow? So if you ask most people in the street, they'll tell you, ah, you know why you can't shovel snow? Because snow shovels are muktza. Now, why are snow shovels muktza? Because you can't shovel snow. If you'd be allowed to shovel snow, they wouldn't be muktza. Same reason why a cup is not muktza, right? The classic answer, right? So let's try to figure out, is there anything really wrong with shoveling snow? Again, let's just, for argument's sake, talk about two scenarios. We're talking about a place where there is an Erev. We're not talking about a place without Erev. And let's just say, for argument's sake, we're not talking about on uh, ground, soft ground. We're talking about hard concrete. Talking about on soft ground, grass, you have issues of bindness, so it gets more complicated. So, you know, sidewalk, good old fashioned concrete. What prohibition is there with children? What are you doing wrong? What exactly is there? What? Ah, so the truth is, it's not really explicitly anywhere in Shulchan Aruch that you're not allowed to shovel snow. It doesn't say that anywhere. So, where does everyone dream up this prohibition? So, they base it on another halach. Look at number 14, there's a Hamachabra in Shulchan Aruch, and Simon Shin Lamad Gimel. Ironically enough, the Simon that's meremes to snow is Simon Shin Lamad Gimel. 
Okay? Interesting idea. Maybe that's how they figured it out. But there's a Machabit Shokhanar Sinim in Shin Lamit Gimel, which is really based on a Gemara in the beginning of the 18th parak of Shabbos. It's a Mishnah beginning, Mifanin. The Machabit writes this Osir Oitzer Shotfu. person has a big storage house, big, big, big area full of Tfu. And he needs to move it around. He needs space. He needs to have a meal. He needs to have a, a minion there. So he's got to move everything. He's got to pick up all the grain and move it to the side, move it out, move it around. He's got to do, he's got to move things around. So the Machabi right, based on the Mishnah and the Gemara in, in Shabbos. Let's say you have a, a warehouse of grain or barrels of wine. Even though you can come and take out a bottle of wine without a problem. But also, but you can't go around clearing it out. Unless the reason why you're moving it out is for some form of a mitzvah. What would be the example? You're trying to make room for guests. Some people are stranded on the road. They need somewhere to eat. They need somewhere to sleep. So you're going to clear out your warehouse, put up beds and put up uh, tables. Or you're the Kvayi Barbis Medrash. People need to learn somewhere. They need to maybe make a minion, learn Torah, whatever it is. So then you're allowed to do it. What exactly is wrong with cleaning out your warehouse? It's a great time. You have all your family at home. You get everyone, get the kids to work. Everyone takes a, a barrel. You'll be done much faster. What exactly is wrong with clearing out a warehouse on Shabbos? So the Ran over there writes, Mr. Burbings, based on the base Asif. There's two reasons. Also, last is came the Dover Why can't you do it for something that's not mitzvah based? It's a big bother. Okay? Two gzeres the Rabbana that are very hard to exactly put into uh, categories. What exactly is a techa? What's not a techa? For some people, watching the snow pile up on Shabbos is a bigger techa than shoveling it when it happens. Of the dechol, what exactly the kulm of the dechol is likewise a complicated shayla. Rabbi Ribya writes in his sefer in Hilchas uh, Saiser, he writes that if let's say it would be a very uh, f- very soft snow. It's not very heavy. It's not very high. All you gotta do is take out a broom and brush it. He thinks there's no problem. Where's the techa? Why is it any different than sweeping your floor at home? It's not a major tircha. Yeah, the snow that we had over Shabbos was a major tircha. You had to really work. You had to sweat. That's a tircha. But if you're just going to uh, you know, uh, move some snow off your step, it snows a coating, it snows an inch, a couple of inches. All you got to do is take the broom. You don't even break a sweat. He doesn't think that that should be a problem at all because where's the tircha? But the two reasons that the Mishnah Brewer gives is tircha and the dechal. So we now know why it's also. So now the question is, being that it's not a Nisad it's a so how much wiggle room do we have? How much coolness can we throw at this to try to figure out ways to be maker? Well, Obviously, what? Well, oh, so right away we have the Dvar Mitzvah. Now the examples are Achnos Asorchem, right? Now this doesn't mean that you invite your neighbor over for lunch. That's a nice thing to do, but he can also go home and eat lunch in his house, right? We're talking about people that push them nowhere to eat. This is not so relevant today again. Maybe if a case of someone is stranded, someone was traveling before Shabbos and then the snow hit and he's stuck and he has nowhere to sleep, nowhere to eat, and you're going to start shoveling so he can walk, that might be Lutzarich Archim, that might be Mutter. Maybe if it's of elderly family members who can't get to the house and if they stay at home it's dangerous for them or they don't have a place to stay, it's not warm, it's not, they're not cared for, maybe that. Lutzarich Beis Medrash, let's say you need to have a minion. You gotta shovel away so you can get to shul. People can come to shul. Is that also mutter? So there's an interesting Mr. Brew over here, number 15. The Mr. Brew over there is actually talking about, not in Hilchas over here with, with regard to, with regard to shoveling this. No, the Mr. Brew over there writes like this. He's talking about someone who's over the chol and he writes, When the whole prohibition is over the chol with a guy, mutter. There's a big tzarech. Anything else, that's a shvaz to shvaz. Why? Because of the dechal is in the Rabbanon. Amir lenochri is in the Rabbanon. So generally we have rules shvaz to shvaz, but mock a mitzvah 
It's motor. Right, so let's say, for example, let's say assume for argument's sake, Maka Mitzvah me, so people can walk to Shul. So then you'd say, I'd allow to ask the guy to shovel the snow, Shavos to Shavos, but Maka Mitzvah. Mr. Brew writes over this terminology, Tzorich Harbe. What exactly constitutes a Tzorich Harbe? What's a big Tzorich? But if you could figure out what exactly would constitute a big Tzorich, so then we'd be able to justify, then we'd be able to justify why, why exactly we're allowed to shovel the snow if the problem is Tzorich. Now, Mr. Brew also writes in 15b, he writes, let's say you don't want to shovel, you just want to move it with your foot. So let's say, for example, you don't want to shovel your steps, but you want to walk up and down enough times, that if you walk up and down your front lawn enough times in the steps, uh, you made a path. So Mr. Bruce says, that's not a problem. That's not included in, in actually clearing it out, so that wouldn't be a problem. So the first thing would be, is if you don't want to actually shovel it, you just want to walk up and down your sidewalk and maybe kick it up with your foot, that would be okay. Now let's say, for example, you have like with Moshe that snow would be muktzah. Would there be any heter to move muktzah on Shabbos? What would the heter be? So the truth is, there is a heter. If you look in the bottom of the page, number sixteen, there's an interesting Ramah. The Ramah writes, "The Ibnishbiru b'Markim Shechayim Lahazik." Let's say muktzah breaks and it now presents a dangerous situation. Let's say you have a glass vat. The halacha is all shivrei kelim. Things that break are useless. Useless, they're muktzah. So if you, if you have something that dangerous that breaks, it happened in my house a few months ago. We had a glass cup, it broke everywhere. Little pieces of glass all over the floor. So every little piece is muktzah. So you think I'm going to leave it until after Shabbos? My wife will never let me, right? It's, not, it's, it's a hazardous. The kids can, can touch it. So the Ramah writes, You're allowed to move it. So people shouldn't get hurt. So can you make the same argument with the snow? Even in terms of that the snow is muktzah, I have to move it. If I don't move the snow, people are going to get hurt. Why is moving the snow any different than moving the glass at my house? People, people couldn't get hurt with snow, so why am I not? Would I be allowed to move it? Even if you hold its muksa, would I be allowed to move it based on the principle that it's dangerous? Now, the truth is, we can go even further. If you, yeah. No, not if it's, not if it's, uh, gufay. Broken kalim are the lowest level. You can't do anything with it. So the only way to be, to move it would be if you hold it's dangerous. Now, again, to be fair and honest, one has to really ask himself, how dangerous is snow on the ground? Everyone knows there's snow. It's not like a surprise, wow, here's snow. I didn't realize there was snow outside. We all know there's snow. And we all know we're not supposed to walk outside when there's snow. So the question is, is this really considered a danger? This is not something that people will take as a surprise. Wow, there's snow on the ground. They know this. If a glass breaks on the floor and there's little kids playing around, then they don't know that there's glass. They, they touch everything. So one could make the argument that the whole issue of snow is not comparable because that's something that everyone knows about. So maybe that's not a heter. It's even more than that. If you look at the Mechaber and Shulchan Aruch in number 17, the Mechabe writes the following halacha. Let's say you have a coal that's in a place that people can get hurt. A coal, piece of fire. You're allowed to extinguish it on Shabbos. If you see a dangerous situation, you can extinguish it. Why? Says the Mishtabura, number 18. Because the whole extinguishing of this would be a lonely to the Because real kibo is when you want to make coal. I don't want to make coal, I want to get the fire out. So therefore, says the Mishtaburu, it's only Nisad Rabbanon. Ubemakim hazekad rabim. When you're dealing with the chance of the, the public getting hurt, sheyuchul and inazik begufam leikazru. There was never a gzeir So again, if the whole issue of shoveling snow is only Nisad Rabbanon, so we have this principle whenever it's Nisad Rabbanon, we wave the Nisad Rabbanon when people can get hurt. So again, make the same argument. Here also, people can get hurt if you don't shovel your snow. So I should be allowed to shovel my snow based on the principle that if people are going to get hurt, it should be motor. That's the chayyot one can make the argument. Now, what exactly is included in this line of Hezekiah the Rabbim? How many people need to, how many people need to potentially get hurt in order for it to be Hezekiah the Rabbim? I live on a private street. No one comes down my street. 
My family, they know not to go out. Uh, they know, in the house. So is, is, is that Hazekah the Rabbim? Would that also be considered Hazekah the Rabbim? So the truth is, there's another Mechaber in Shulchan Aruch. Number 19, the Mechaber writes, Koitz HaMunach B'Rishas Rabbim. You have a thorn that's in Rishas Rabbim. Now we're talking about carrying. Till now we were talking about either doing an Isidur Abadon or Muktza. Now the Mechaber says, let's say you have a, a thorn in the Rishas Rabbim. So Mutl Tatli Pachas Pachas Medal Aramis. You need to get it out of the Rishas Rabbim. But you're not allowed to carry it, there's no Erev. So what do you do? So you metaltal it Pachas Pachas. You stop, you stop, you stop until you remove the danger. Why? We're afraid that the Rabbim will get hurt. And whenever there's a chance of the Rabbim getting hurt, the Rabbim removes all Shvusim. So again, same argument. If you assume snow piling up in your front of your house is dangerous, and if you don't clear it, the Rabbim, okay, who's the Rabbim? Your steps are probably not the Rabbim. Unless you have the shul coming to your house afterwards for Kiddush. The rabbim is this, the, the streets maybe, possibly your sidewalk. But says the Mechab and Shulchan Aruch, if the rabbim are going to get hurt, we wave a Suda Rabbanon. Shoveling snow at best with his neighbors, and this is the Rabbanon. So one can make the argument, if you think you live in a place where people are going to walk by and get hurt, it would be motor based on this Mechab and Shulchan Aruch. But the Mishnah has a kasha. The Mishnah says, I don't understand. You told me before that if I have a, that if I have muktzah in my house, I'm allowed to move it because b'makim derabbanans b'makim sakana. Now you're telling me it's only if it's a rabbin. Make up your mind. My house is not a rabbin. My house is my family. I'm allowed to move muktz in my house because it's only derabbanan and derabbanans is okay. So why, when it comes to the halacha of kites and a kachelos, why does that could be a rabbin? So Mr. Bruce says because it depends what's the nature of the iser. Muktza is a lower level iser, but something like tilto pachs medalid, even though it's only derabbanan, but it's sourced in the araisa. Carrying is be'etzim adairaisa. So, uh, Rav Asher Bush has a terrific article where he writes a whole article about sh- uh, shoveling snow on Shabbos. He's a Rav in Wesley Hills in Muncie. He's on the Hanholos uh, Yeshiva of uh, Frisch Yeshiva. He wrote a lot of uh, articles in, in Beis Yitzchak and some other places. He wrote an article. So he wrote a very nice article on shoveling snow on Shabbos. So he tainas, if this Mr. Brewer is right, then any time that the Rabbon is a type of the Rabbon that has no basis midaraisa, then we wave it even though there's no Rabbim. So he wants to tainal if he's there, should come out. So shoveling snow is a Rabbon based on what? Of the Dechol? Of the Dechol is not connected to a Deraisa. Tircha? That's not based on a Deraisa. So then you don't need Rabbim. It's like Muktza. So if you don't need Rabbim, even for a minority, you'd wave the Isidur Rabbanon. So even the steps in your house would also be mutter, because it's no different than the, 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 the Muktza in your house. It's the Muktza, it's like the same thing in the steps. So he wants to tell, according to this Mr. Brewer, not only would you be allowed to shovel for the front of your house, for people that are walking, be even allowed to shovel, possibly for the, your steps in your house. Rabbi Shalom says that when we talk about Rabbim, we mean three people. So as long as three people can potentially get hurt, that would be good enough. Now there's a machloik between the Magravam and the Rivash. What type of things are we talking about over here you can get hurt? What does that mean? Are those things that you could have prevented, meaning you could have seen it, or only something that no one would be able to tell? Machloik is Magravam and the Rivash. The Rivash says, we're talking about something that the onlooker would not know about. Meaning, I, if I'd be walking down the street, I wouldn't be able to see this gachelis. And you know that there's a gachelis, so you're allowed to move it so I don't get hurt. But if I can see the gachelis the same way you can see the gachelis, so then I'm supposed to walk around the gachelis. So, if you hold like that, so snow, I know snow's out there, and you snow, you know the snow's out there. So then what's the head if you to move the snow from me? I shouldn't be there. Now, we don't pass like that, we pass like the Gamagan Avram, that even if the snow is something that you should know about, it would still be allowed, but you have to make the argument, is this really considered Hezekah the Rabbim? How, how damaged can a person get from the snow? Yeah, you can fall, and it's uncomfortable, and maybe you can even have a lawsuit, 
But how damaged are we talking about with the snow? And Menashe Klein wants to add in a tshuva that maybe there's a cheshbon of dinu machus You get fined if you don't uh, if you don't shovel your snow. Halavai, I can show you some homes that deserve a good fine for not shoveling their snow today, right? But officially, you're supposed to get fined. Any times they can sue you if you don't shovel your snow, right? So is that considered a svar vezeka the gufa? It's hard to know. So he's not convinced that that would be a good hetter. But Lamaisa Lechayr, it should come out that if you can justify that and you think it's dangerous in your in front of your house that people can really hurt themselves, they can fall, they can hurt, they can get hurt, so then you'd be allowed to shovel based on this principle. Now it's interesting, in his article, Bush wants to tie it, maybe not. He wants to tie it, even though we waive the Isra of the Dechol maybe it's only a certain type of mitzvahs. Something like Beis Medrish, something like Orchim, not something so I can go to Shul. He says, what's the difference? He says, why didn't Chazal waive the Isra of riding on a train on Shabbos? We spoke about this here to share a while ago. Why can't you take a train? Why didn't they say everyone should be allowed to take a train so they can get to Shul? Terry says he wants to say that things that create zilzul Shabbos, they didn't wave for mitzvahs. That they, they stuck their guns on. They said, no, you can't. We start taking trains in Shabbos, next thing we know, it's a zilzul the Shabbos. But he says, so that's why if you clean out your storage house in your house, no one really knows what you're doing. It doesn't lead to zilzul the Shabbos. But if you come out Shabbos morning with your snow gear and you're sitting there with your shovel for two hours, that already cheapens Shabbos to zilzul the Shabbos. So he says that since it creates a zilzul the Shabbos, maybe it wouldn't be mutter. So he wants a taina. He's not convinced 100% it would be mutter. Ramesha Feinstein is quoted over here in the Sefer Mesiris Moshe that Ramesha held that if you think people would get hurt, even children, let's say you have small children, they slip and they fall off, elderly, Ramesha says you'd be allowed to shovel the snow for them. Ramesha says, but the best thing would be is let the kids shovel the snow. That would be the best case. They love playing the snow anyway, let the kids shovel the snow. The Shemir Shabbos Kilchas discusses the Shaila, not negate to us, he's discussing if you need to clean the streets so you can get the ambulances down the street or you'd be able to get emergency vehicles down the street. There he says, Avada, if you're worried about that, that of course you're allowed to do. Most of our sidewalks don't pertain to, again, unless you yourself are a medical provider. If you yourself are a Hatzalah member and you, you can't get down your street, you can't get down your sidewalk, you can't get down your driveway, of course you're allowed to shovel it. So the shadow that always comes up is what happens if you have a, a Gaisha neighbor who decides, you know what, I'll shovel it for you. So the consensus of almost all the Gedele Acharim is there's no Esamiel and Achim over here. You can ask your guy to do it. So let's say your guy says, I'm not going to sit there with a shovel, I'm going to bring the machine, I'm going to blow it the right way. Am I allowed to do it then? So Rav Asher Bush writes, that's awesome. A guy is not allowed to do a Malacha de Reiser for you, but for Hesed, that he's not allowed to do. That's what he writes. But I found over, I photocopied it, we don't have a chance to get into it inside, but Rabbi Ribiyad disagrees. Rabbi Ribiyad says, what happens in the following scenario? Let's say you have workers who work for you. You have the gardener. And when it's winter, his job is to come and shovel your snow. So he shows up Shabbos morning with his uh, snow team and he's ready to shovel it. He's, he's got a machine, he's got a snowblower. What are you supposed to do? So there's a whole deal. You're supposed to tell him to come back after Shabbos. So he tied his, you don't have to. He thinks really you don't have to, especially if you think they're not going to come back after Shabbos and you're going to be stuck with a, a big pile of snow. He says, why? Because really they have a din of a kablon. Right? You pay them, you don't pay them on Shabbos, you pay them a whole year. I, the Baruch discusses Marasayin. He says, it's not Marasayin. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows the way you pay these guys. You didn't hire them on Shabbos. You paid them before Shabbos and they're showing up now. So he writes that if they show up, I, whatever, they show up with the snowblower, I take the David of it. He's, he's not doing the snowblower for me. He's doing it for himself. He could technically be the same price sitting with the shovel, taking double the time. So when he sits there and uses the machine, it's a daite da, he's doing it his own das. So Rabbi Ribi, I think he really believes that if a person finds himself in a situation where his crew shows up Shabbos morning, he says, okay, right, you know, we're here to shovel the snow. He thinks uh, if you tell him, no, come back to Shabbos, he says, 
Come back Saturday night, the snow is going to be to the sky. Why else? The electricity, you mean? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the, uh, if he uses, let's say, um, a plow, that's for sure going to be, because every single time he presses down on the gas, then he's going to run into the problem. So, yes, you could debate maybe that might not be the rice. But, uh, so there might be room. So, if you're going to, so if you're going to ask a guy to shovel the snow for you, that's for sure the best option. Ask a guy, you have no problems. Now, if you're going to hire the guy in Shabbos, then you're in trouble. The problem is you're not going to get the guy to do it for you for free on Shabbos. That he's not going to do. But to hire him on Shabbos, you have a problem. The best option would be to have some form of a kablon. Have some form of arrangement that whenever it snows, he comes up, he shows up to your house. Shabbos, Tuesday, whatever it snows, he shows up. And this way, you don't have a problem. Don't we know by construction if it's a Jewish neighbor? Oh, because you have Mara There's a Mara Sain. So Rabbi Ribi wants to tell you there's no Mara Sain. Everyone knows that I didn't hire him on Shabbos. Everyone knows I hired him before. Why don't we hold that way with construction? Right, so he holds the Tzarek over here. And the last shayla is what about putting out salt on Shabbos? So again, the, the overwhelming majority of the Dela Pais came hold. There's no problem to put down salt on Shabbos. Ah, you're breaking down the ice, which the Machabis and Shochnach. Also, the answer is only a grammar. Since you're breaking down the ice via grammar, it would not be a problem. So almost, uh, except for maybe Rav Mashi Feinstein, the Halachal Maisa, the Pais came hold. You can put down salt without a problem. It's only a grammar. It is a psigratia, uh, but the question is, um, there's a raya to break down ice in the forms of grumma, and this is a form of a grumma. The last shell about making snowballs, is the majority of Achrenim hold snowballs are not a problem. I, why would it be a problem? Because the Gemara says in Shabbos, if you take a bunch of separate things and put them together and make one big unit, it's binding. So the Achrenim say that that's only if it's going to last like that. The snow doesn't last, it falls apart. So Rabbi Abadi and Shachter held this way, that they hold this... Shabbos holds snowballs are also. It's a pella that he writes this. It's a chiddush. He since it's baina. He thinks when you're packing together it's baina. Many other gedolei hold it's not a problem of baina because it's going to fall apart in a second. It's going to fall apart. Others tiny if I can, you need to make it one in order to throw the snowball. And the only way to get a good snowball is if the snow is compacted into one. So for those few minutes, it's considered one entity. snowballs. you may throw it outside of the area. Let's say you have, let's say you live in Brooklyn where he lived, right? So you have your backyard. You throw the snowball, it goes over the fence, you just throw it into a shisarabim. So the fizah, if you have a whole area of area, it shouldn't be a problem. Again, that's a made up zero, with all due respect. Rabbi Abadi says snowballs should be for the kids, it shouldn't be for the adults. But halachal maisa, throwing snowballs or making snowballs would not present a halachic problem with regard to uh, bainim.